Hey y'all, welcome to Card Catalog Confessions, the podcast, a supplement to my Card Catalog Confessions Substack. Um, I really miss podcasting, so I want to try something different. I figured why not do one to supplement like right here. Maybe you have some more sidebars, a little more analysis, maybe just some more fun stories, possibly. Just a way to kind of, you know, further dive into what I'm writing here. Hopefully this makes a more enriching, enriching experience for people who, people who read this and not listen to this, which hopefully you will. Uh, anyway, so the first entry I want to do is about, um, a couple of years ago, I created a survey about the America's National Park System. Um, so I created a survey to get to, get, get, get to see how people, some people travel, right? I'm a librarian and an avid hiker. So I was curious about how people travel, you know, if they plan trips for, if they plan trips to, especially to travel, they travel a long distance for national parks. What's, what's, what's going on behind it? And the national park system is so amazing that we have here. I want to see more about how people experience it besides myself, because I know how I do it. Um, every single year I try to do at least, I try to visit at least one national park. I've done, t- I've done two once, which was fantastic, but it was a lot of traveling. Hopefully I do it again, but I did start a new job recently, so my vacation time is a little limited. Um, but goal is to try and visit three in a year, which I think I could possibly do someday, but we'll fingers crossed it'll happen eventually. Um, hopefully I just get to do one this year. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do yet, but anyways, um, so I myself have been to six national parks. I've been in Cuyahoga Valley, which is in Ohio. I've been in Shenandoah, which is in Virginia. Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. Um, Kings Canyon in California. Sequoia National Park in California. And Olympic National Park in Washington. Those are my six that I've been to. There are 63, though, that exist now today. But for caveat, when I did the survey, there was, was actually four that were not yet registered at the time. So there only 59 national parks at the time. And those four are... Gateway Arch, which is in Missouri. Indiana Dunes, which is of course in Indiana. White Sands in New Mexico. And River Gorge in West Virginia. So, yeah. I mean, so back to the survey, though. I just really curious to see, you know, I love data. I want to see some data how people do experience these parks, how far they travel, what like that. Because, you know, everybody knows about Yosemite and Yellowstone, because those are your big ones. They're picturesque. They're like, you know, America's beautiful landscape, but they are gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean... The national parks are just, you know, they are also gorgeous in their own way, and it's a little less well known, you know. I just want to see how, how many parks do people, less well known parks do people know, how far they want to go, stuff like that. So that's what the survey was for. Um, again, that is not complete from today, because obviously we have four new national parks now that we didn't have then, so it's a little less to choose from. I like to do the survey again someday with some, you know, to update it. And I'll tell you what to go along with too about how I kind of, you know, want to fix it next time it goes around. So, anyway, so so, 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 national parks exist today, but there are actually over 400 places or national park designations. So, like, I went to Picture Rocks National Lakeshore in Michigan last year, and it's a national park place, but it's not a national park. It's something, it's a special, a special kind of, um, ca- ca- category they get to come in national park capital letters, I guess. Um, but, I mean, still, national, Picture Rocks was gorgeous. If you ever chance to go there, I mean, it is incredible. Um, but there's also like there's you know there's national battlefields, there's forests, there's historical homes, all national park places. So I mean there's kind of a, a treasure trove of places to see the national park designations. So I encourage you, you know, if you are just on for national park stuff, just there's tons to see. I mean literally there is probably there's over 400 places that you can see that are national park designated places. So I encourage you to do that. But for me, focus on the national parks capital because there's 63 of them. And that kind of seems doable to see them all in my lifetime, where I'm not trying to see all 400 places in my lifetime. It seems a little harder to do. 63 seems a little more, I'm not a librarian, so I'm not great at math, but I know 63 is a little easier to attain than 400, but dream big, right? 
Anyways, um, so first one thing is I want to say is um, I did this whole da- data mostly via social media. Um, and the thing about that is, so I'm an East, I'm an East Coast resident. Those people that I know are also East Coasters. So there's, a, there's definitely a bias towards East Coast people in the survey. Um, so keep that in mind, too, if we go through the data, and you'll see it. I'll t- call it out again. But hopefully I get, next time I go, go around with this, I get people from all over the country, not just the East Coast. So it's a much more well-rounded survey. Um, the first thing I asked people was their age. Now this was 13, also 69. I... Two things here. I can't believe it. 13 year olds are, are national park hiking. That's great. I, 13, I was not hiking national parks yet. Um, so that's great that you're getting out so young. And 69, that is awesome that a you know, senior citizen is still out there hiking. Incredible. I hope by 69, I am still hiking. Um, I really do because, I mean, I think I'd really miss it if I can't do it. So uh, further cross on that. Um, but – out of the age groups that we had there, the biggest one were people who were ages 21 to 30, which makes sense. The only people I know are in that age group, I'm in my 30s as well. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, people who are younger are the ones who are often traveling and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, that's the age when you can't really get out and break out what really you do while you're traveling, right? So it makes sense. After that, though, it goes 20 to under is the second, second biggest one, and then 31 to 4 is the third biggest one uh, age group that people are hiking national parks, so... But again, there were six people who are age 61 to 70 that are, are hiking. That is just, I mean, blows my mind. I am so happy for those people. Truly, like, hope to have your life when I am your age. Um, I, asked, I asked people how they identify, whether they identify as a woman, a man, or non-binary. Um, and surprisingly, I find this is actually 60% of people who survey are identified as women. Um, I can I, I'm not, I'm a man, so I can't necessarily understand, but I can, I can, I can, I can understand if women can feel unsafe on trails sometimes, because, you know, you are out in the woods by yourself, or, you know, hopefully with friends, but it was encouraging to see that some women do feel comfortable enough to go hiking in the parks, um, that, you know, because, I mean, every person of any, you know, creed, uh, ge- you know, gender, ethnicity, deserve to, to appreciate these parks, and say, and do it safely, so I'm happy that a lot of women are doing that, um, yeah, uh, just incredible to see that number. It really kind of shocked me. I thought I'd see much more men than women. Um, just because that most kids get to that. I, I'm not because I, I, you know, I know plenty of women who love to hike. It's just, you know, I have friends tell me they don't like to go hiking alone because of the safety issues. So it's good to see that there are plenty of women out there who have, you know, either found a safe way to do it or feel safe while doing it, either which way. And, you know, that I'm glad they're doing it and hope they continue to do it and continue to feel safe. Um, they deserve to. We all deserve to. And we deserve to appreciate nature as best we can. These places are incredible. Um, nobody should miss out on it because of, you know, any number of reasons that, you know, shouldn't be of existing, like, you know, safety. You shouldn't be able to go to some place because you don't feel safe. Um, but yeah. Uh, this question I asked was, you know, where you're from? And I actually had five people who said they were from different countries. And that was Canada, the UK, Germany, and Norway. Um, I know people from Canada and UK, but Germany and Norway, I don't know anybody from there. But again, it's just a social media, so it's a possible people can get it from anywhere. Um, but two of those people took, took it word from east of the Mississippi, which again, because of that east coast bias I told you I had earlier. Um, so again, hopefully fix that part. But still, you know, I think we had a fair amount of people res- register with the survey. So I think we still got a good swath of, you know, different opinions. And the one question that I really liked a lot. I asked people how many national parks at the time, there were 59 national parks, had people never visited. And there were only four. So 55 national parks have been visited by somebody on the survey, which is incredible. I, you know, I don't, I, you know, 
I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm jealous people have been to, people have been to that many, right? Uh, but the four that were on there were Cat May, Lake Clark, National Park of America, Samoa, and Gates of the Arctic. Um, three of the four of those are in Alaska. Um, and we're, we're more in, um, and Target to Alaska, right? And I, I heard Gates of the Arctic is really, there's no actual trails there. But it's just like, there's a gate, and it's the park, and it's basically tundra. So, I mean, it's not the most, you know, probably accessible place sometimes of the year. And then, of course, American Samoa is an island in the Pacific. It's also hard to get to. You know, you can't drive, you can drive to California, you can't drive to Samoa. Um, so, it was, it was understandable that those are the ones that kind of got off there, but still only four, which was incredible. Truly, truly incredible. Um, so, yeah, so I then pulled out the top five parks that I visited. And here's again, the bias comes into play. Number one is Tyco Valley. I live in Ohio. I'm about an hour from the park. So, again, that's why it topped that 960 people have been to Cuyahoga Valley National Park. 96 out of 204. That's almost half. Um, so you see, again, yeah, that's where that bias comes in. But number two, if you can guess what you can guess it is, it's Grand Canyon at 72. And the Great Smoky Mountains are three at 49. Yellowstone at four at 46. And Rocky Mountain at 44. Um, I'm surprised that Yosemite didn't break top five. I mean, I get Grand Canyon is number two. Smoky Mountain is supposed to be gorgeous. Yellowstone, Rocky Mountain, those are like, those are your heavy hitters, you know. But yeah, I'm really surprised that Yosemite didn't make it in that top five. But still, um, pretty incredible. You know, that, that those you know, those parks are getting that significant portion of the survey data that have been in those parks. Um, interesting to note, though, is that those top five parks are that the parks by... Um, the, oh, I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, yeah, so out of those top five... The only outlier is Cuyahoga Valley, attendance-wise. But, you know, so obviously, uh, Grand Canyon is number one in attendance, according to the National Park Service. And then Smoky Mountains is two, Yellowstone three, and um, Rocky Mountain is five. So you did get, you know, it's kind of correlation to see that the um, park the most visitors in a year also hit the most visitors out of the survey. So kind of, it's, it's just, it, it's kind of reinforces that the parks were seeing. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. So I actually asked people how far they travel to get to National Park. And again, um, this is interesting because, again, I told you I live not far from National Park, right? I live less than 50 miles from Cuyahoga Valley. So 52 people who said they travel less than 50, 50 miles. And so that's probably a lot of people who, you know, people from here for that. But interestingly enough, the most people, and this is, you know, 84 people travel greater than 1,000 miles. Now, if you live on the East Coast, to go out West is over 1,000 miles. It makes sense. People are traveling long distances. But this is encouraging to see that, like, most people are traveling, you know, the greater distances. I think actually next time I should break it up and maybe try and do more categories to get the mileage out, you know. Because 1,000 miles, basically, you know, anything from your East Coast, anything West Mississippi is 1,000 miles away going forward. So it's kind of a wide swath. Um... So maybe I might break that up a little bit better next time. Maybe try to reword it um, to kind of better idea, better understand the travel patterns. Because I think it did. I don't think it really answered the question as you know. It goes a little bit too broad to ask you know a thousand miles. That's not really a thousand miles. What in the air in the car? And if you take that, if you do like a if you do like a several stops, you make you know like you say you're you, you say you live in Virginia, but you drive like the so parks after a thousand miles. It's not really a you know. I just it didn't really ring as true as I wanted it to. So that's something to also add to trying to change next time around. But yeah, but it's a testament. People are willing to travel very far to visit parks, which is a testament to their beauty. 
people are willing to travel well over a thousand miles to see these places. Um, so yeah. And then the final question I asked people were, how many of the top five most attended national parks, bottom five national parks are they aware of? So essentially I asked people, you know, his top five parks in the country, how many of them do you know? And here are the top, the, these five visited, how many of you there do you know that way? Um, and interesting enough was the lowest recognition of any national park in top five was Smoky Mountains at 63%. So, 63% people knew the Great Smoky Mountains, which is, you know, surprising because it's, you know, it's, it's a big one. It's intent, you know, it's, it's one of the most visited ones. It is the most visited one in the country. So it's a little surprised to see that it got, recreation was so low. The highest was Grand Canyon at 84, which, you know, of course, everyone has the Grand Canyon. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, one of the big things you can have in the U.S. is the Grand Canyon. Um, so the bottom five now, the lowest was Lake Clark, which is under 10%, which I didn't know about that one either. Uh, before I did this, and then the highest was 29% at North Cascades, which is in Washington. Um, they are pretty, but there's, you know, it is kind of, you, you, you look at national parks in Washington, you think of Olympic, not Cascades. So it's just a little much more, like there's one park also nearby, it's a little more well-known, I think, to people, um, also more visited. Um, I went to Olympic National Park, people were telling me there's no grizzlies in Olympic, but there are grizzlies in the Cascades. Maybe that's the reason why. I don't really know. Um, I love bears, um, but also I'm terrified to take grizzly bear on a hike. And that's going to happen eventually because, you know, I'm just going to be hiking. And, you know, like, you go out hiking, like, Mon you know, you hike out there in, like, um, Montana, you're probably going to see one. Um, or you probably definitely see one in Alaska. So I got to, you know, I just, the idea of grizzly bears knowing what they can do and how big they are, it's just, you know, kind of a shocker. But I digress. That's my theory anyways. Um, so again, that was just a really kind of fun thing to do. I really hope to, like I said, reestablish, redo it again with more refined questions. If you have any suggestions on how I can make it better, or you want to give your feedback on your travel time, or feedback on how you think the survey went, um, again, you can find it at my subset, which is cardcatalogconfessions.substack.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram. My, my handles are Dewey underscore dinosaur at both Twitter and Instagram. So reach out to me either which way. Over to hear from you. Um, and yes, if you also subscribe to Substack, I encourage you to do so. I, you know, I try relatively regularly on there. Um, to hopefully do it more. I've been doing it once a month lately, but I'm hoping to do it more often than that. Um, but yeah, because it's kind of a, you know, next episode will be a little bit different. It'll be more of a um, history bent than the, this this one. So it's going to be kind of a, uh, you know, a collection of things. I am, I am a librarian, so I have a lot of interest, so this, so this, this podcast and this subject are kind of going to encapsulate those kind of ways that as a librarian, I find things interesting to myself. And, um, yeah, and I want, again, I want to just take that, take this, take this, this newsletter to audio format to just kind of better explain myself and maybe elaborate a little more, riff a little bit more and hopefully get some feedback. Again, if you're interested in, if you read one of my pieces and you want to be talk about my piece with me, let me know as well. I'd love to have a guest on the podcast. So yeah, so for now, have a great day, everybody.